what do I think are the five worst pieces of small business advice out there? I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the broadcast podcast YouTube channel where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. Uh, Jedi Bunny left a comment on a video that I recorded a few weeks ago. Uh, Do representations and warranties have any value? Um, and, uh, Jedi's comment was, you know, what, what are the five worst pieces of advice? And so, um, you know, list videos are fun. So I, 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 I did some soul searching and I did some thinking and I found these five pieces of, of advice and then I tried to rank them. Um, so number five is going to be a famous one. If you're a fan of some of the online entrepreneur shows in particular, a guy named Mark Cuban, who says sales cures all. I can tell you it doesn't. Uh, there's a lot of caveats to that to that statement. So I would say that sales are great if you have a proper gross margin and that you can deliver the product or service within the budget that you you think that you have. Um, but more importantly, one of the things that that people miss out on when it comes to sales is understanding the cash flow. So uh, I, I did a video years ago. It was back when I used to do them in cars. I was talking with this lady who had a physiotherapy clinic and people would come in for help, you know, with their muscles and joints and stuff. And, and her physiotherapist would help them out. But every time they helped a patient, there was an insurance claim and they would have to wait for the insurance companies to, to send the check. And so her physiotherapist expected to be paid every two weeks, but it would sometimes take, you know, 60 days sometimes for some of these insurance companies to pay her. And so as she was growing, she was doing more and more sales and running into cash flow crunches and didn't understand why she didn't have any money. And then she started to get into like high interest borrowing, which just sucked all the profit out of her business. Because what she didn't understand is that every time she made a sale, she had to invest in receivables. Accounts receivables is money that people owe you. So even though she was doing economic activity and producing value for people, she had to wait to get paid, which meant that she had to finance the expense of paying the physiotherapist before the money came in, meaning that growth created a need for investment. And this is why sales do not always cure all. Sales can create a cash flow problem if you don't adequately understand what your gross margins are. And if you're not certain that certain products and services actually have a gross margin that's positive. Another problem I've run into in many small businesses is that they don't have proper cost allocation. So they'll have an income statement or PL with five different kinds of revenue that they do, and they'll have one cost of goods sold line, and they don't properly break out the costs related to the different income levels, the income lines. And so they, they're busy making sales, but they can't actually know for sure if they're making money on the different five different departments of revenue. And so sales cures all, asterisk, look for the fine print. Number four, four, focus on value and revenue will follow. It's another one that I found online. So 
this reminds me of a lot of like the startup online Silicon Valley stuff, like on online businesses, like, oh, we'll create a really cool website and we'll provide a lot of value and, and we don't need revenue if we have eyeballs, right? Of course you do. You need revenue, right? So focus on value and revenue will follow. Figure out what's valuable to your audience of customers and then try to make a sale. So you have to have revenue in order to have a successful business. And one of the things that I've I've worked on with a lot of younger entrepreneurs or people who are trying to do startups, particularly people that call in through Clarity, uh, clarity.fm slash David Barnett is a, a, a service where you can call in and get one-on-one time with me over the phone. Um, and they'll, they'll say, this is what I want to do. And this is why it's great. And this is why it solves a problem. And all I have to do is, is get 1% of the market to sign up. I'm like, great, go talk to those people and figure out if this is actually something that they need. And if they are willing to pay you for the value you believe that you're creating, value is in the eye of the customer, right? If, if I see a product or service and I say, Hey, you know, that is really a great thing for me. It's going to save me time. It's going to solve a problem I have that costs me more than the cost of this product or service. Then that's value that I'm willing to pay for. But just focusing on value and the revenue will follow magically. Nah, doesn't happen. Number three, Okay. Persistence, work hard, just keep going. Right. So I've met a lot of people that are in this scenario and um, they just keep going, just keep going, just keep going for years and years and years. And not only does their business lose money, but it manages to consume all of their wealth, family savings, et cetera, that they've accumulated all the way up until the time they got into business. You have to create some kind of plan. And you have to keep benchmarking yourself against the plan. And you have to realize at a certain point, um, if you work hard and you try and you try to make sales and you try to do different things and you just can't seem to make the plan, then it's probably time for you to try something else. You can pivot. You can do something different. Uh, you can, sh- If it's money losing business, you can shut it down and go get a job and spend some time thinking about what you're doing. Um, but just working hard for the sake of working hard, I've seen this piece of advice consume families' wealth entirely. Don't let it happen to you. Number two, worst pieces of small business advice, pay yourself first. It's not even small business advice. This advice comes from the world of financial planning, right? And if you are a person with a job and you get a paycheck, the idea of taking some money aside in the beginning so that you have an investment plan is, is great advice. You know, it makes perfect sense. When you're in business, the survival of the business and the growth of the business and the needs of the business are primary. Once the business gets to an adequate size where it can afford to pay you like a market wage for the work you're doing in the business, then you can apply this bit of advice in your, in your household based on your salary. Take your paycheck every two weeks or twice a month or monthly or whatever you're doing out of your business into your household and then pay yourself first from that. I've seen people buy businesses and I've seen people start businesses and the first thing they want to do is start grabbing all the cash out of the business and they end up in some kind of cash crisis in the business. 
if you're starting a business, you got to nurture it like a baby. You have to be ready for any kind of ups and downs and unforeseen expenses. And that means, you know, even if the cash is there, you need to build up some kind of reserve so that you can smooth out the bumps. Don't take all the money out. Don't take all the money out. Wait until they can afford to pay you a fair market wage, then apply this advice on your salary. And the number one piece of small business advice that I think is absolutely the worst, follow your heart and the money will follow. I mean, this is what they tell gullible kids in grade 12 to get them to sign up for sociology degrees. Like, no, how many cupcake shops can every town support? Uh, what I see around here is a lot of people will open up bed and breakfast operations. So they'll get the fancy old sea captain's house on the sea coast with the, you know, the great view of the cliffs. And, you know, it's very romantic. It's also a 180 year old house that doesn't have proper insulation, costs a fortune to maintain. And with only seven guest rooms, basically the owners work full time through the tourist season, cleaning toilets and changing sheets and doing laundry all to eke out a meager, you know, existence and thank God they're able to live in the house for free or else, you know, they'd be homeless, which is funny because right now here in town, there's a not-for-profit group that just bought a bed and breakfast and they're converting it into a transitional housing uh, facility for homeless people to bring them in off the street and, and help them get their lives in order before they can head off on their own. Um, yeah, no, don't follow your heart. Uh, following your heart is for hobbies. So if you have an interest in sea cliffs and beautiful shorelines, take up painting, go there on the weekends, do some paintings. If you have an interest in cupcakes, become the person everyone wants to invite to a party because you bring the cupcakes. You get into business because you see an opportunity to solve a problem in the marketplace in an efficient way that allows you to make a profit, right? The business is an asset that has to serve you through serving others. If you create a business that simply serves others and serves your own desire for self-aggrandizement and, you know, basically to make it into a full-time hobby, you know, these are the businesses that close. These are the businesses that close. So, so don't follow your heart. Um, your interests and passions should certainly be a part of the business that you get into. But at all times, your brain must be fully in control. I don't know. Did I miss some? If you can think of, of something that, uh, that I've missed, put it in the comments down below. And most importantly, as you can tell from this list, and you know, a lot of this stuff further fuels my, my passion for the fact that you should not be starting a business. Uh, you should head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn how to buy a business the risk-controlled way in a risk-controlled fashion that will already produce uh, cash flow for you on day one. Because if you buy a successful business that can pay you a regular salary on day one, then you can implement um, number two, which is pay yourself first, right from the very beginning. That I guess that would be a scenario where you could employ this piece of advice if you had the business that already produced a salary for you that that was you know equivalent to the to the work that you're doing every day. And with that, we'll say see you later. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books, 
and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlist, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.